0: The Short Game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two fine co-hosts nate heininger and shane kelly and this week we are talking about Turnit boy commits
1: tax evasion uh great name right out of the gates a the the name alone um i've been wanting to play this game since it came out and frankly i think it is exclusively because that is a great name for a game yeah, pretty much that
0: was the thing that drew me to it as well. We've also had a number <laughs> of folks request this, and yeah, it's unusual to get uh, a game that is quite so short. This is literally an hour and a half or so. Yeah, they they uh, estimate it to be about two to five hours. That can't be right. Like That's what they who, say. They say in their FAQ, two to five hours, depending on how good you are at figuring out puzzles. And uh, I'm surprised that you rate it so fast, Reagan, because you are usually our resident puzzle dunce. Yeah, I didn't find what puzzles like this is not <laughs> not really a puzzle dense thing. It's uh, it's pretty breezy, but I really do like what the uh, what the devs said about their group, which is called Snoozy Kazoo, uh, and they Great say game. they just say we make really really dumb video games.
1: I appreciate that,
0: <laughs> and they also say our our goal is to make small, short, dumb as heck games with a strong emphasis on looking on the goofier side of life. They say there is enough serious okay. content in the world, let that be in games, movies, music or even our lives in general. We want to provide an escape from that while respecting their time and abilities. So I I'm on board 100% with that mission statement. You know what? Yeah, I think I just I think I just saluted that entire uh, yeah. description. That's And if you consider wonderful. that
1: as your you know metric for whether this game is good or not. That I think they knocked it out of the ballpark with this game. This is short and dumb as hell. So, <laughs> it yeah. is really uh, dumb. Yeah, <laughs> target acquired. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Is I on the surface I wanted to call it a Zelda like, but it's so simplified versus a Zelda like that it's almost more accurate to call it um, like an action adventure or an adventure with
1: slight action. Yeah. Um it's I, I think a... Zelda like is is still pretty apt though. It's just imagine the uh you know a two D Zelda game where the puzzles are all incredibly simple and the combat is mostly skippable. Uh but but the, the framework of a Zelda, of a two D Zelda is still there?
0: It's absolutely the uh uh <laughs> Very reminiscent of maybe like the first two hours or so of a Zelda game. Like if you were look, yeah. comparing it to uh, some of the more Zelda-like games that we've covered recently, think about stuff like maybe Death's Door, or uh, I think we covered Sable, Hyperlight Drifter, a few other things like that. I mean, i maybe re- minute. You know, uh, I thought I in a, lot of ways, a lot while playing this. Yeah, game. it's pretty similar to to some of those kinds of games. Um, and when you do that style of game in the kind of like full speed ahead, don't slow down for anything, like we're going to get this, we're going to get in and out two hours full adventure, uh, kind of style. Like you don't necessarily want to have a ton of mechanics or complexity. Um, and I mean, this game kind of hits that pretty well. Like the, uh, the, the setup here for turnip boy commits tax evasion. Let me, why don't I just go ahead and tell you about Turnip Boy, uh, because he is adorable. Um, Turnip Boy is a turnip with eyes and feet. And a tiny smiley mouth. He sure Mm -hmm. does. Um, And uh, the very first thing that he does in the game, uh, thereby fulfilling the title, is he commits tax evasion. Or rather, he has committed tax evasion by not paying taxes on his greenhouse where he lives. Uh, And he is informed of this by the Onion Mare, Uh, who has Mm -hmm. come to repossess uh, his property. Uh, And that begins uh, the kind of adventure where he is being directed by the mayor to various tasks that will help him repay his debt to society and to the Onion-based government.
1: Yeah, and and that really kicks off what the, the real gameplay loop of this game is Onion Mayor gives you a fetch quest you go out on a tiny zelda-like adventure there may Mm -hmm. be some light block moving puzzles some light combat uh you get that item and bring it back to the mayor and he sends you on another fetch quest and all throughout this small interesting world are other fetch quests that you accomplish in order to either rip up more uh documents which is I think maybe the funniest part of this game, um, Mm -hmm. and also acquiring new hats. And Mm -hmm. so that is the whole game is basically this gameplay loop of completing fetch quests and solving minor puzzles and minor combat situations throughout. Um, There are a few boss fights, uh, but for the most part, this game is a delivery system for their jokes. And I think maybe the best part of the game is just it's visual and sound quality are, yeah, it, are, are good.
0: It's great looking and it's really breezy to play. So, I mean, it's a very, um, it's like, it's just a light, funny, uh, you know, game experience. That's going to be pretty, uh, straightforward and familiar for people our age who have played games a lot. And, uh, you know, you're, you're going to make your way through it. But by the time you get to the end, you'll, you'll be surprised. Like, wait, huh? That, w- that was it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> The, uh, the, the actual like moment-to-moment gameplay is pretty straightforward. Um, I, let's kind of like boil it down. Like we said, it's kind of Zelda-esque. And uh, the first thing you're going to do is going to get a sword uh, in true Zelda fashion. The soil a sword, sword that's growing out of the ground in a very Zelda moment where you pull the sword out of a out of a rock, right? But in this case, you mm-hmm. actually have to water it and it grows from some sort yeah. of sword plant. What's
1: it, it's dangerous to grow alone or oh whatever. God, I forgot I yeah. said that. That's really. Or yeah. do
0: you get the watering can first and then the sword? You get is the open. watering yes. can yeah, That's You steal right. the okay. watering can from an old man lemon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it has that sort of um, uh, like hub and spoke structure where as you go out on various fetch quests, you're coming back to the central town and talking to the onion and he's giving you new directions. And as you do that, you're, you know, you get the sword and that lets you chop down some plants and now you can access a different sort of spoke of that hub and so on. It's a very simple structure. And throughout the whole thing I never really felt lost. It, it it's very uh it's very um it has a good pace. It continues kind of like yeah. uh telling you m- to to move ahead and keep going. And so, you know, it, it breezed by for me in all
1: uh, almost 2 hours but but under I think for me to yeah. of to, to, total 2 hours. I was surprised at first that there was no map because at the very you beginning it kind of feels like the world might be pretty big. You know, there's a lot of twists and and turns in it, but it really isn't. Um, It's a, it's a pretty small world.
0: Yeah. You can really only go uh, a few places and it is kind of open world in a sense in that it's not really blocking you off, but you are really uh, guided. Um, You know, if if you return to the center, the hub is, you know, the perfect center of everything is the onion. Who's always going to tell you what to do. And uh, uh, out from there, if there is any branching to the paths at all, um, it is going to be blocked off by some vegetable or other um, telling you not to go this way. And uh, yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. it'll be directly like, you know, we haven't, again, I think this game is, is really just a joke and visual delivery system. And, and it uses those opportunities uh, at every, or it takes opportunity to make a joke every every, every opportunity. Right. And so, it's incredibly self-referential and just, you know, game referential. So it'll be like, you can't go this way. The mayor says you have to beat the game, whatever that means. Or like, aren't my boxes perfectly blocking your way? Don't worry. They'll be gone later. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of humor like that.
0: I, I, I About its humor. Like most of the time, it did work for me because a lot of the times it was just sort of playing on the inherent silliness of the Turnip Boy character and the sort of cast of vegetables around him. And a lot of that really was funny and did work for me. Um, It does have this kind of very of the now internet humor to some of it, Um, most of which kind of worked for me, like more than I kind of would have expected if you just describe it. These are the kind of jokes that for some reason, so here I'm about to ruin them for you. Um, They worked better, I think, in the context. And then afterwards, I was like, hmm. I don't know why I found that funny. <laughs> um, things yeah. like, for example, like there's there's a uh, um, uh, a number of the vegetables talk about a uh, uh, their their phones like where where are they getting phones and they're they're posting dances to flip flop. I'm like, okay, I don't know why I found that funny when I was playing <laughs> through it. Now in reflection, I'm like, flip flop. Okay, got it. TikTok. Yep, well, got the, it. Cool. It's partially it's the aesthetic because I mean th- there are really two aesthetics going on here in this game. So the first is um a pretty well executed like 8-bit or say i should say 16-bit like adventure game look to the to the sprites and everything uh and then there's a lot of talking to the various different vegetables and that's what mm-hmm. i found the most delightful because they have that sort of uh sanrio Kawaii uh look that's a good comparison they do have a kind of a sanrio um, kind of nest to yeah them. And, and like the, the little conversations between the vegetables, you know, you get the little, the little squeak talk and they wiggle around and it is just, I mean, that, that part of it is super charming and you know, you're hearing the good music and like as a whole aesthetically together as an experience, like the whole thing just goes by so fast that like, you know, here we are, uh, grumpy older podcaster boys, uh, (laughs) looking back and saying like, well, I, I don't know if I, why was this funny? But you know, if it was though it, you know it made it's me true. laugh it's
1: true i thought it was this game was probably like 30 percent funny but it takes <laughs> a, it takes a crack at God, every that's bleak. <laughs> go ahead sorry <laughs> but if you are firing jokes in every interaction that's still a lot of jokes individual yeah you know that is and, true. And, that is true. and i think that like you know, a lot of that stuff, like the, the flip flop and whatnot, like wasn't super funny to me, but I bet it was funny to some people. And then there are other jokes that I thought were. Yeah, you know, there's really a funny there's a uh,
0: there's like a cherry in this game that just I don't even know exactly what he's saying, but I looked it up and it's a Jojo reference. So I'm like, that's in here for the people who watch Jojo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't watch JoJo, so I didn't right. get that reference. That's yeah, there's a lot I, I, of very extremely online humor. Like, there's a piece a of macaroni online. that does the like a, a, a vegetableized version of the like 300 confirmed kills copy pasta. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. I, now I get it. He's a pasta it's pasta okay. doing copy uh, okay. pasta. <laughs> yeah, that, that um, was actually. That was extremely good. I took some screenshots of that because I I mean, it's it's the copy pasta. So here I am just reading the thing. But <laughs> what the heck did you freaking say about me, you little turnip? I'll have you know, I graduated at the top of my class in the pasta yeah. seals and I've been involved <laughs> in numerous secret raids on the barn. I have 300 confirmed kills and it goes on for the entire duration of. Yeah, well, of and that's that where it's pasta, like, this, which
1: is still funny to me somehow. It is, but it also isn't. I mean, so much of this game is just a reference to another funny thing you know and you're like Mm -hmm. oh that's fun to see this funny thing within this funny thing you know yeah Um, all in all
0: i think i'm kind of cooler on the humor of this game than a lot of reviewers have been like i i i I smiled and i chuckled a few times but i was never like rolling whereas like um rock paper shotgun their review of this is titled turnip boy commits tax evasion the funniest game i've ever played yeah it's a little
1: hyperbole
0: that's (laughs) wow like yeah I, I think a lot of people connected with the humor in a little more strongly than i did on this one um we're probably online game, though like you're i am it, i'm terminally i'm i'm really online and this is yeah. not uh this didn't 100 percent work for me like nate's 30 percent is actually probably about right for
1: me too um yeah it's cute Good. but it's I, I was not rolling in the aisles if I may steal another, you know, internet, uh, trope, you know, there was a lot of moments that made me, you know, forcefully shoot air out of my nose, you know, (laughs) but not a lot of, um, not a lot of heavy laughter, not like, you know, Stanley parable, which we just did, which, which is, is simply at every turn uh, left me dying. But that's, but that's a, like an existential dark humor. And this game is purely going for cheap, stupid laughs. And there were some really good ones. Like I, I really found it funny that all you could do with every document you found was rip it up. And the way that they set up the things that you're ripping up was sometimes very funny, you know, elaborate fetch quests that are resulting in you sending like a love letter to someone or, or whatever it might be. And it culminates in them giving you something that means a lot to them. And then you just rip it up. Right rip right
0: it up in there. front of them. Because like, Turnip
1: Boy's whole existence seems to be about the chaos. joy of <laughs> destroying documents. <laughs> yeah. That, and that stuff I thought was very funny. Um, I did like the... Uh, the There's a, a world build, building element to this game that I thought was interesting. And I would have loved to have seen explored even more. That sort of hints at why this world even exists. You know, you find out pretty early that you are in New York City, uh, like, (laughs) you know, United States, New York City. uh, And there's all these references to humans and but you're a little turnip walking around. And then there's uh, vegetables that are not sentient. And I just I liked that element of it. And they do some funny things and some interesting things like that. I don't know. Were either of you um, Adventure Time fans? Oh yeah. Yeah definitely. Love
0: Adventure Time. I haven't seen the whole yeah. show, but uh you know I've been watching it with my son. And I, I've always thought it was you know, it does I think that's a good analogy because you have the um like a lot of the the humor of the setting here comes from the uh uh trying to lend a uh try to take what what basically would be a uh, storybook fantasy kind of uh, setup, and then twist it a little bit so that it uh, actually fits more into a sci-fi uh, yeah. framework. Uh, that's the same thing that Adventure Time kind of does over time, uh, right. and they're they're but they're
1: really going for it here uh, all at once in two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Adventure Time. You know, does seasons of subtle hints at what the world looked like. Uh, you know, before and this game has within a half an hour, you kind of understand what happened. Um, but I, I liked that element of it. And, you know, I thought that was the sort of stuff that carried me through it and was, you know, really fun. I agree with Reagan and that, like, it wasn't the funniest game I've ever played and probably not even, <laughs> even close, but I think that there probably is for some people who really love that, you know, internet, culture humor you know this isn't the first game that we've done that like leans into that although it was interesting to me is that this game seemingly was at least finished or maybe crafted entirely during the pandemic Uh, because there are multiple references to just dealing with the pandemic uh in the game including like a face mask with a, a note that says like stay six feet away I'm like ugh I don't yeah. I don't need that right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for sure about the de- the development timeline, but it certainly makes sense. The game was released in April of 2021, so um given to the, imagine short a of the game, base, yeah, they yeah. they maybe were working on this before the the pandemic, but they sure. were probably working on the majority of it yeah. during. Yeah. Um so it definitely feels like it has a little bit of uh, of that influence. Um it's it's also probably worth talking just about like the the like combat and and you know mechanics side of this too like we briefly touched on it you know you get a sword you have a uh it, it it doles out little tools to you pretty quickly you get uh you have a watering can from the very beginning and it does a few things throughout the game uh you can water bomb plants that grow bombs and then kick the bombs uh you can uh water plants that create little teleporting portals which then as long as you're watering them will create teleporting portals and then later on you get a potted teleporting plant where you can create your own portals uh which was a mechanic i was definitely not expecting to see in this game uh the sort of you know place an orange and blue with portals portals. yeah the i mean it it's it's used to some good but not particularly surprising effect here you know i need to get a bomb from point a to point b i'll set two portals down there you go that kind of thing Um, but you know, fun, Uh, nice little mechanic. It never, none of them, however, really felt like they were fully explored. It is a really short game. It's like two hours or less. So that's not a huge surprise, but you know, the combat never moves beyond hold sword out and bump into thing to do it damage. It's, it stays really simple throughout all the enemies just sort of slowly move back and forth or move directly towards you. None yeah. of them have interesting or complicated behaviors. Um, you now, the puzzles with things like the, the watering can or the portal uh, mechanic uh, were all sort of like the sort of thing you would see within the first hour and a half of a game, right? This is an hour and a half long game. It never really gets uh, enough time or enough sort of wind in its sails to start throwing you interesting puzzles. Um, so I think the, the the only place where it really tries to get mechanically interesting is the boss fights, which I, I think we should probably just spend a little while talking about the boss fights. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so you can literally, I, I found it most effective to just run past all of the enemies through for mm-hmm. the majority of this game instead of take the extra time to sort of f- f- fumbly line up. Like, yeah, kill the <laughs> snails. Although there are some funny things about killing the snails. You gotta look out they're vegetarian, which is a uh, real problem in a land of that vegetables. is a, that was honestly uh, that was a
0: good chuckle for me like yeah like yeah. Well, watch out for the snails they're <laughs> vegetarian veg- yeah <laughs>
1: um but but really like the combat is so simple and i found kind of annoying um that like i just found it more fun to play this game by just running past every enemy and yeah it, and it never there was never any downside to that so it was like i can spend more time sort of awkwardly lining up my little sword or i can uh, just run right past everyone. Um, but the bosses, obviously, you have to fight them. Uh, you yeah, know, these are you're locked in a room with it. The bosses sort of scale up progressively
0: in like the, their level of mechanical complexity. And if you've played games like this, the, there's not going to be anything too shocking. I, I think some of my favorites include the Rotten Cat Apple, which was a was good, yeah. Uh, Apple that was a cat that also had worms in it and it would, the worms would be coming out and and uh, you know, there would be the the ads uh, there was a uh, stag that had eaten some uh, radioactive ooze and and then uh, really, I think I think in total there are the two I just mentioned. There's the very first one I did, which was King pig. Yeah, uh, maybe five, or six. five or and six. then there's there's yeah. Liz and then the final boss. Liz can we just talk about Liz for a second that's a yeah. weird oh boss my God. yeah that well, boss
1: uh, was really badly designed so it, I, I think some setup too. like at, at least you know for me the bosses were not difficult like I think I, I don't remember dying on any of them it's it's you know more exciting because they're moving around they're doing things but they're always very simple and then if you, you get you do to die Liz, it doesn't matter
0: you're, you're yeah it uh, doesn't matter. right back into the uh, yeah to the boss arena uh, but you know, they're, Liz, they're just,
1: yeah, Liz, one Liz of the last, uh, the second, the penultimate boss. Yeah. W- was... The only hard boss in the game. <laughs> yeah. And, and hard and hard in an annoying way where you're just like, you know, those, at least for me, like if you die to a boss where you never felt like you even really had any control over the moment, you just get like stun locked and then killed uh, immediately. Yeah Um, uh like that's not very fun and more importantly though is that it was completely out of nowhere again most of the bosses had seemed still to me to be more like fun set pieces but not necessarily challenging combat it was just like oh it's fun you're fighting a big pig oh it's fun you're fighting a big cat you know and then all of a sudden you have this like tight spaced boss that has multiple aoe attacks is able to grab and slow you down
0: Yeah, it has like all these. It has a uh, a, like a gooey arm that will shoot out and and latch onto you, pulling you closer to her. Uh, She will emit a puddle of toxic slime that will damage you if she pulls you into it. Uh, She will send out a giant slimy fist to slam down on you. That's a huge dealing, huge damage. Yeah, Uh, and then sometimes just uh, dash at you and hit you with a pipe wrench so yeah
1: like and i felt like i had barely fought in this game and then all of a sudden i am you know cornered by a uh, a really challenging fight that was uh kind of colored my whole take on the game when it kind of like, did yeah it, you know.
0: especially since it's so close to the end it yeah. just sort of like soured me on things a little bit um i did eventually get past it and what's strange was like i was stuck on this boss i went what i usually do when i'm really stuck on a boss is like i try not to let it like ruin my experience and I'll just go like look, look up a playthrough of that boss and see if somebody maybe has some ideas about approaches that I haven't tried right so I pulled up some videos of people fighting this boss almost all of them were people trying the same things I was trying and failing and then in a youtube comment on like the third one of these videos that I I looked at um somebody said you know this doesn't really show what you need to be doing you just need to be uh, lighting her on fire lighting yourself on fire And then going and touching her while she's not standing in a puddle. And after I realized that was what you needed to do, which is not the kind of thing you expect. Like this was like it had the game had in not long before this given you a way to light yourself on fire without losing health. And so I should have probably put that together. Yeah, Um, they they did spend a while in this game. like, Like a lot of the areas leading up to Liz, you have to light yourself on fire in order to progress so you have to light yourself on fire and burn your way through a door stuff like right. that and then like use your own body to carry a flame to burn something around yeah. you yeah. that
1: kind of thing so um, but it, never it did, and you never okay okay trained, trained that you. Up. yeah they yeah. never trained you that a combat moment is going to require anything other than just walking sword, up and sword, stabbing right yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so or yeah it was it was a pretty and and your the main thing that that Nate was mentioning about it like spending a really long time stun locking you was the thing that really made this demoralizing you know, if yeah. you're on fire she can't grab you and so she can't stun lock you for the most part but if you're not on fire then she grabs you and you've pretty much lost because then she just sort of like holds you still or you get bumped until you die well, um, i think we've probably uh crapped on the liz boss fight. <laughs> yeah the <Liz laughs> no, I got boss fight one was more
1: one mess. more point though and this is where um i had not had this problem yet but uh uh, you know, most modern games, uh, once you've watched a boss's intro cutscene one time, you don't have to watch it again every time you fight them. Mm-hmm. And even though it's only like 15 seconds, when you are doing a boss fight, you know, 20 25 times watching that same little cutscene over and over and over gets really it just felt like icing on the cake for how annoying yeah. this was and when so you're really mad at a boss that like, that extra just, few seconds really it just it you. piles on you know so um i i just you know, that's a quality of life thing that i feel like most games have adopted at this point so seeing mm-hmm. a game that had been made in the last year that like didn't have that was pretty surprising.
0: And that's one of the small ways, like things like that. And just a lot of other little things about this game are things that made me think like, I wonder if this game originally had ambitions of being a larger project with more to it. I think I can point to yes on that. They did a DLC. And I mean, the version you have has the DLC. I chose kind of not to engage with the extended content that happens kind of after the end of the game, which apparently tries to turn this into kind of a boss rush roguelike, which given my experience with the combat in the game so far, I was not interested yeah, in. Yeah, thanks.
1: Um yeah.
0: but yeah, so they 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 do have expanded it. Uh I, I think you know maybe if they wanted to keep going in that direction, I think their aesthetic and I think their uh like the actual controls and and the design of the levels really good and the music were all really good. So uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that they've returned to that well in the future and I'll, I'll be, uh, down to check it out. Yeah. I think if this were a long, like I don't often come into this show, like advocating for games to be longer, but this thing is li- like almost not even two hours. I think if this had been a little bit longer game, they probably could have left Liz on the cutting room floor. They probably would have had more time for other stuff that would have been more interesting. Um, maybe, uh, you know, a, a new combat ability or something to spice things up a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or make Liz just another series of increasingly difficult bosses where her sort of difficulty spike fits into a curve of difficulty. Um, Yeah, up until that, it felt like the game was saying combat is just a, like, you know, this game has to have combat because all of these games do. And it felt like it was a, like sort of a passive element to the game. You could skip most of it and then you get Mm -hmm. cornered by a, Really obnoxious boss,
0: Liz is not the only f- issue that I have with the bomb bunker area i I'll say honestly, the whole game is pretty if it weren't for the bomb bunker area, I would have have very few problems with the game overall, but um like th- remember in the bomb bunker, did you guys pick up the last slice of pizza? Yeah, item? I don't think I missed yeah, that. I think you have to oh, I think, so it's I don't know if you great. missed it or not. I th- I think it is optional, but anyway, it's a. It's, it's, an, it's item. just in the fridge, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you pick it up. It's an item that you can use like any of the other kind of uh, holdable items. But when you use it, it restores uh, one fourth of a heart, and you can use it unlimited times. I was sure that that was going to be something that was relevant, and I spent with Liz <laughs> a lot of time uh, trying that out. But it's a pure trap. It's a total red herring. I can't think of a single. Uh, time in this game where uh, using the pizza slice to regain health would have been better than just like uh, leaving the room and walking back in and smashing some crates to find hearts yeah, um,
1: weird so yeah it's, a, um, it's a I real- used it a little bit on the on the last boss uh, uh-huh. it's a big open room and the boss has a ton of downtime so yeah. I would switch to the pizza slice and you know, have a few bites while he was just shooting his goo everywhere. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, I mean, I, but in general, like, you know, th- this does feel like the rough Why are we laughing area I'm sorry. of the game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shall we just go to final thoughts? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm cutting this out. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go ahead and hit some final thoughts on uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I- I'd say the highlights on this game are Turnip Boy himself. Turnip Boy himself is a absolute menace to society. He must be stopped. Oh, um,
1: contender for dirtbag of the year, for sure. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he came out last year, but I think our our awards series, you know, series just looks at the year in games for us. And mm-hmm. so you know, I
0: think uh, you get a lot of extra points as a dirt bag
1: in contention for dirt bag of the
0: year. If you are adorable, but also a total piece of shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. didn't talk. Uh, turnip boy doesn't talk except no, for just, it, but he certainly conveys a lot because everyone is interacting with him.
0: One of the funniest things about the game, honestly, is yeah. conversations <laughs> with turnip boy.
1: He just responds in ellipses, three question marks or three exclamation marks. Uh, Except for every once in a while, he'll respond with like some sort of um, emoji. Or uh, did you all find the time he does say one English word? No. It is when a uh, like an anime fan shows their own anime drawing to Turnip Boy. And uh, you rip it up and tell him to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um
0: but yeah, Turnip Boy himself, wonderful, excellent, good. You boy. get you get the uh you get the most characterization on Turnip Boy uh simply out of the fact that uh every time you find a piece of paper that even has the word tax on it, he will immediately tear it to shreds, which is uh, it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Anarchy. Um you know, I for one, I'm I'm ready for a game in which a cartoon turnip has a more serious discussion of uh, taxation. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe maybe the world's not ready for that yet. And that's okay. The sequel is um, going to be Turnip Boy Eats the Rich. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's think, a game I would play. Yeah, that's, I would I would I would dip back in for Turnip Boy Eats the Rich. Um, but uh, yeah. So, anyone else have any final thoughts on the game that you'd
1: like to share? Favorite moments. I don't know if I, I think I've shared a lot of my you know favorite moments so far, but um yeah, I think this game was kind of a mixed bag for me. I think ultimately I enjoyed it and I'm really glad that we played it. I've been wanting to play it for a while. I think the humor misses more than when it than it hits, but when it hits, it hits well. Um and ultimately the, the best part of the game I think is the uh v- the design of it, like the the visuals and the music i think are great and so it's you know a delightful little experience i think i got it in one of the you know hundred bundles that have gone out in the last year so you might have this game already if you um you know even if you're not aware of it so i'd say check it out uh it's it's fun um but it ends
0: with a pretty fun song about turnip boy
1: it does yeah my
0: my suggestion
1: is like favorite moments the
0: end credits song is uh good very very good top yeah. notch yeah um so yeah so i'd say like this is i would i would definitely recommend folks pick this up if you see it on sale or you have an opportunity to to snag it in a bundle or something like that um i think you know i'm, I'm not the kind of like value gamer or whatever and hey you know it's your money um but i do feel like this is this is a uh, um a pretty slight and pretty mixed experience for its like standard 15 dollar msrp you know Um, I'm kind of glad I picked this up on sale, but I'm still glad I picked it up if that makes sense. So I, I I would, I would give this sort of a guarded recommendation, uh, a sort of, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, half staff thumbs up, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: sure. (laughs) That makes sense. Half staff thumbs up.
0: Well, when we, uh, when we have decided, uh, and issued our, um, our, our verdict, on a game and we have a little time left at the end of the episode. We do like to dip into some of the other things going on in the world and in our lives that are making us happy with a little segment. I like to call things I'm happy about. <laughs> Classic <laughs> segment. You ruin
1: this every time. Uh, what's making you happy this week, Nate? Um. Yeah. So I have, finally started a game that has been recommended to us by at least one person uh in the discord for years now i think before we even had a discord so shout out to the sweat i uh, been you know uh what up sweat valiant, valiantly recommending a game called ib and ob uh
0: oh you the, finally or, checked it out I, I actually downloaded it on my switch and i never did like an Yeah. Idiot.
1: Yeah, we've had a couple false starts at playing this game. And uh, it is a couch co-op. Well, actually it actually has online play now. I think oh, when it launched, okay. it does not. It did not. But it does have online now. But um, it is a puzzle platformer uh, that basically deals with gravity. Uh, I actually did not play the portal uh, multiplayer. But I, I think there's some comps to that style of puzzle. Um, but imagine a flat, you know, 2d platformer world instead of the, you know, the rich environment of a portal game. Um, but basically it's, it's a, it's a co-op game that you are each controlling little blobs and you're moving from left to right. Uh, you can, there's a variety of gravity based puzzles that have, uh, you might be on, uh, face up on the top part of the world and it's split across the middle and the other player goes underneath and gravity sort of switches and so now they are upside down uh, on the other side i don't know if i explained that well but look it up you'll see what i mean (laughs) (laughs) um but it does some fun stuff so the reason i compare it to portal is because it messes around with that like uh dueling gravity uh you'll get these things where you have to basically jump from the gravity pulling you one way, you fall down and then gravity pulls you back the other way. And you can get that sort of cycle going that Portal 2 did a lot, where you build up speed by like going through portals and going through portals until you get fast enough that you can launch yourself into an area that you might not have been able to do before. Um, but now it's co op and you might need your friend to, you know, you stand on their shoulders and then they jump and then you jump and you can get to an area. And, I don't know. If you like uh, co-op games and you like puzzle games, uh, I think it's it's good. We're not super far yet, but I want to talk about it because we've talked about doing this game for the show for like five years now and finally <laughs> playing it. And I think it would be good for the show whether we do it or not. You know, I don't know, but um, it's it's been fun so far. So uh, also playing it on Switch. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, my, my thing is also sort of game related, but it's it's more just I got a, I got a package in the mail that I've been excited about getting for a long time. Wow. Um, so if you're a retro game enthusiast, if you're the kind of person who likes playing uh, old games on real old hardware, um, you're probably already familiar with EverDrives, which uh, is a brand name of flash cartridge for various consoles. There's a, a flash cart maker. Named or, you know, goes by the handle Krix, K-R-I-K-Z-Z, I think. Um, and he is a brilliant guy. He's sort of uh, invented a lot of stuff that is standard on these. And he still sort of makes the, like, if you're going to get a good flash cart for almost any system, it's probably one of his Everdrives. Um, and uh, he is Ukrainian and so all of the Everdrives have always been made in ukraine he lives in ukraine he designs them in ukraine um you know depending on where you buy them from he ships them to you from ukraine and as you can imagine things have been a bit uh fucked up (laughs) for cricks for (laughs) a little while (laughs) yeah he had to move his whole operation uh from one side of ukraine to another anyway um when I saw that he had done a limited restock of some models, um, I was immediately moved to buy a couple of, uh, of Everdrives that I hadn't, uh, you know, that I've been thinking about buying, but like, you know, Hey, crix has got his shop up and running. Um, he's, you know, moved his whole operation from one side of Ukraine to the other. I, I want to buy something. I want to send him money I want to buy some Everdrives. And so I got two. Uh, I got the uh, Game Boy Everdrive X5 and the Game Gear Everdrive X7. The way he does his numbering is a little confusing, but basically, you know, depending on how much you want to spend, he has multiple Everdrives for different systems that have different features. Uh, And in general, there's like an X3. that's like the cheap budget one. There's usually an X5, which is like the the like nicer one, and the X7, which usually has some extra fancy features. So, for example, on the Game Gear EverDrive X7 that I have here, um, it has an in-game menu and save states on console save states, which is really cool. Nice. Whereas the X5 Game Boy one doesn't have the save states, but it still has an in-game menu, and it's uh, it's a pretty nice uh, little flash cart. Um, anyway. It's my first time having a Game Gear EverDrive. I've had one for the Game Boy before, um, but it was one of his very first models of it, and it was really flaky about like which uh, which SD cards it would support, and you had to do all, jump through all kinds of hoops to get it to work. And it had been sitting on my shelf because I wasn't, you know, it, it, it had become really annoying to use. Um, so having a nice brand new one with a lot of nice features is nice, but the Game Gear EverDrive has been a revelation because, uh, like, there are a lot of games for the Game Gear. Tons, way more than you'd think. I had a Game Gear when I was a kid. Um, We only ever had like five uh, games for it. Yeah, we only ever had like like a handful of games for it. Um, And going through and exploring some of the Game Gear library that I've never seen, um, even the American stuff, there's a lot of really great stuff. But especially if you add to that the Japanese catalog, a lot of which it doesn't really require a lot of reading, Um, you know, arcade style stuff plays just fine even if you don't know japanese and there's a huge library of great stuff a lot of conversions from the master system it's it's really neat so if you uh haven't ever bought an EverDrive before uh check out krix's site see if maybe he's got so he's apparently like already back in production making new stuff these things are really great they're high quality and you know they say made in ukraine on every single one if you want to feel good about yourself about uh, just pumping a little extra money into the into the ukrainian economy when it definitely needs it um you know go for it i would recommend all of his products they're great uh, rad rad yeah uh, that sounds awesome I have a couple of games that I want to talk about. One of them um, I'll, I'll briefly bring up and and then drop because I I am, this is my official lobbying effort to get it on the show, uh, which is uh, I am very nearly at 100% on Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which what an incredible game. Uh, My, my son and I have been playing through that. Uh, We have unlocked every ability uh, we have uh finished every level. Uh we've very nearly saved every waddle. Uh this game is terrific. My, my my son is four. Uh he plays as Kirby and I play as Kirby's erstwhile companion, uh, Bandana Waddle. <laughs> um and uh, you know, it, it's it's wonderful when <laughs> you know you can see his skills growing and all that. It's been wonderful. But the game I will uh so that hopefully I can I can convince my Uh, co-hosts to play uh it comes in i think at about 11 hours if you are uh if you are a adult and uh probably a lot more if you are playing with (laughs) a four-year-old in the driver's seat um but uh the real game i want to talk about is not words by zach gage Mm. uh so this is uh you're probably familiar with zach gage from a lot of his other games like he did that uh Really terrific version of Sudoku, right? And uh, mm-hmm. what are, what other things has he done? I can't remember. Really bad chess. Really bad chess. Yes. Yeah, so he he's he he's worked green, on uh, ridiculous fishing. I think. Yeah. Okay. So you know, and he puts his name. I I love it when a developer puts their name on their product. This is uh, Zach Gage and uh, Jack Slushinger. Schlesinger? Schlesinger sl- probably saying that wrong. Sorry. Zach. Zach. Jack. Zach and Jack. Um. Enjoy editing Reagan, um, and the David. but this one is this one's pretty great. Uh, it's basically a crossword puzzle Sudoku hybrid, where um, that has supplanted Wordle in my kind of daily play, and um, it has a lot. It has daily puzzles and these like monthly puzzle books, um, and for the daily puzzles, it has like a mini and a classic and a twisted version. Uh, but the basic idea with these is you have a grid uh that is essentially crossword-esque. And you have to make words across and down, and they're tightly packed. So you're really um you're really having to make sure that everything lines up. And within that grid, rather than having typical crossword clues, you have dotted line boxes that are anywhere from like two to five letters ish. Um and in, within that dotted line box, it'll tell you the letters that appear in that box. But the boxes are not the words. The boxes are um, sometimes like T-shaped or like a, a L shaped or you know, cross between multiple words. And so you're really having to puzzle out uh, where to place these letters. And the UI is excellent. There's a lot of really great affordances for you know, doing um, this with one hand, you can, uh, you know, move a little virtual cursor to select, you can do different kind of swipes and things like that to say, you know, what direction you're typing in and things like that. And the puzzles are just really clever. It's, it's got a big vocabulary that it's using really uh, sometimes interesting words. Uh, You can pull up definitions of any word that you see. And, uh, you know, it it does some nice things like uh, kind of lightly filling in letters, that are kind of likely to be placed, you know, when you've used all but one or two of the letters within a box. It's a really, really fun word game. Uh, there's not that much else to say about it, except for the fact that it gives you, um, times that, uh, you know, your completion time for each one. Uh, I have bought a year subscription for this game for like five bucks and, um, you know, or you can buy an unlimited, like eternal subscription for like $11, something like that. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Like I said, it has replaced my wordle habit. Uh, Me and my wife are competing to see who can finish these games uh, faster every day. And she's beating me every time, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But uh, it is great about this as well. And it does seem really cute. Are you, I assume you're playing on the iOS version. Yeah. Uh, the only downside, I am playing on iOS. Uh, the only downside I've found to it is it doesn't sync my progress between my iOS devices. Uh, so I have to only play on my phone, not ah, on my iPad. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a little annoying. I, I saw this pop up on Steam, um, and I was sort of surprised to see it as a as a Steam game. But oh, yeah, um, it's very much more of a mobile kind of thing. For yeah, me. yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Like, should I should I get this on my Steam Deck? But then I was like, Nah, this is, this is a phone game. So yeah, I, I'm I'm Ding. sold. Actually, now that you mention it, I'll, I'll probably do the one year subscription or something too. That I wasn't was able Reagan. to come on the show last week. That was but, Reagan. Uh, it was his Steam Deck. It, uh, it was Mark. Uh, I think tweeting about it that helped me yeah. find this. So shout out to Mark.
1: All right, thank you. Mark. Well, I still play Wordle every day and I'm enjoying it. But I'm like a chump. Get on the um, not words train, but you, you can hear we're all boarding. I can be on two trains, <laughs> two trains, <laughs> uh, like some kind of Jackie Chan scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Let's
0: see. uh, What's left to do? Uh, Outro. uh, Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, which is where you'll find all the stuff. You'll find our contact form. You'll find our our back episodes. You'll find our our searchable show notes page. Uh, You'll find a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the short game, which is how you can support the show. But you can also join our Discord. Every patron at even just a dollar a month gets immediate access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show. We plan episodes. Uh, we talk about what's coming up, uh, and we would be very happy to have you there. It's also a great place to suggest games to us if you would like to, uh, for example, uh, suggest games like Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion or Ibn Abh. Um One of those we got to fairly shortly after it was suggested, and one of those we took five years and only glancingly uh, touched on it, but that's okay. What um, an endorsement. What an endorsement <laughs> to <get> on that. <laughs> S- Sorry to the sweat once again. Um, By bringing it up in this way, you are effectively uh, shaming us into into playing this game Reagan so I guess we I guess I will download it all right <laughs> sorry everyone um, and uh, yeah so the the uh, highly no, recommend thank, thank you us for today. the recommendation I don't want to hey if you're out there the sweat uh, loyal listener uh, thanks for the wreck and uh, I'll take yeah it seriously uh, sorry it sometimes takes us a long time to get around to things schedules being what they are and cut stuff. all of this uh, no um, let's see. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game, And you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at Nate STL. And Shane, where can people find you? I'm over on Twitter at 8 Shane. And listeners, thank you once again for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.